0: Well, you got to set those lineups. Today is the day, Wednesday, April 4th. Marlins hosting the Cardinals tonight. Adam Azer, Nando DeFino, Al Melchior here. And we want to tell you about Fantasy Baseball 360 real quick. That's a live show every day, cbssports.com, every weekday, 5 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you check it out for much more Fantasy Baseball info. For now, get ready for your podcast. Send us an email, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. Today, a lot of news from around baseball, the injuries mounting up. People are on the DL, so make sure you get those guys in DL slots, and now you can pick up players from free agency. Uh, It's uh, pretty important to go ahead and do that and beat the competition. We'll look at the most added and most dropped players, Al's pitching planner, and I'm going to stop talking and bring on Al Melchior. Uh, First, Al, you've got uh, your big Marlins game tonight. You're not going, I assume. Uh, No, I'm
1: not, but I definitely plan on parking myself in front of the TV and... Watching the first uh, real game in the new park. It's going to be fun, right? going to be very fun. And I had the, the honor and the opportunity of getting to the park uh, this past weekend. And uh, it is really nice. Nice to be able to go see the
0: Marlins in a stadium built for baseball. What did you think? Because I talked about this on Monday um, when you weren't on the show. Mm-hmm. Huge outfield. Yes. Not good for the hitters, potentially. But uh, nice park. Very nice park. And as as far as the you
1: know dimensions go, I mean, they've always tended to build their rosters around pitching and, and defense. There were a couple of years, maybe like the, the ugly years where that <laughs> wasn't so much the case in the infield. But it but, uh, should fit their their blueprint. And uh, it just looks like it's going to be a really nice place to, to catch a ball game.
0: And I said it on Monday show, Al. I'll say it now. Get the tacos. They were outstanding. Yeah, what'd you eat? Uh, when I was there, well, I was there for work, so actually I didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, disappointing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but somebody else uh, in our office also told me about the tacos. Very so good. Yeah. And
0: Nando, are you going to watch the game tonight?
2: I, I have to, right? This is my job, yeah. man. Yeah, or, yeah, I've got or or to watch every game I didn't know game, you had a softball times. lesson. <laughs> do I actually have a softball game tonight?
0: Oh, you have a game. Okay. So my redemption the, uh, story.
2: The redemption story begins. Okay, excellent.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about news and notes. Again, uh, just check your lineups because a lot of your players are going to be on the DL. So you'll want to make a roster move. Some of the guys we're not going to talk about today that are either on the DL or expected to be placed on the DL, Ryan Vogelsong, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Chris Carpenter, B.J. Upton, Carl Crawford, Ted Lilly, Scott Baker, Steven Drew, Chipper Jones. Check the website, fantasynews.cbssports.com, for updates. Let's talk about Andrew Bailey. So he could be out about three months. He needs thumb surgery. Mark Melanson owned in 50% of leagues. Alfredo Aceves in 28% of leagues. We've spoken about Melanson and said go pick him up, but are you going out to pick up Alfredo Aceves too?
2: Well, it depends on what my starting rotation looks like. Um, Again, Aceves is one of those guys who can go back and forth, and he'll probably just be in that rotation until Josh Beckett comes back. Okay, but... Are you expecting him to get any save opportunities? No, I think that's all Melanson. Melanson was so uh, he was great with Houston last year. I think he would
1: twenty saves uh, in that that neighborhood. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah he didn't get a lot good. of opportunities, but when he
1: did,
2: yeah, when he did, yeah. he was great. And, and I think, and I made this point yesterday uh, on Twitter that he's an ex-Yankee too, which is just another opportunity for the Red Sox to stick it to him. Yeah, know? but here's
0: the thing: when he was a Yankee, he wasn't that good. You didn't give him a now chance. He's, now he's going over the more AL, motivation going, for revenge. Perhaps. He's going
2: back to the AL East. He showed up in the middle innings. Look at Kyle Farnsworth last year for AL East. If you want like a good example of you know how weak this AL East is, such a great hitter, blah 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 against. Better than the NL Central. It is. I mean, look, Kyle Farnsworth <laughs> had a great year as a closer last year, and he really didn't give a lot of indication that he was you know a closer type kind of guy beforehand. He was a great middle innings guy, and that's what Melanson was before he became the closer. And I think he showed that he could close. Why go with the sevens who you don't know if he can close? If you have Melanson, who you know showed he can
1: close in a, in a very. Dominant way, and, and why would they use the Aceves in a closer's role when they've shown that when he has shown that his value is as a, a innings eater, either uh, out of the bullpen or as a, a swing man in the rotation? So. To be
0: clear, I am not telling the Red Sox to use a Sevis. I'm just saying for <laughs> fantasy. I, look, I checked reverse all, psychology, man. For a Yankees <laughs> fan, please. I checked my three leagues and. To, look to pick up Melanson, and even though he's owned in 50% of leagues, he was gone in 100% of my leagues. So I'm asking, deeper leagues, does Aceves have a chance to pick up saves? But you guys don't seem to think so.
1: I, I really don't. Okay. Um, and if they, if he does, it's really just because of the utter lack of, of other options there. And I'm sorry, I just want to uh, shoehorn in one other comment, because Nando, you made a comment about Josh Beckett. Uh, as of this morning, it still looks very good. Like uh, Beckett will start this Saturday. So wow. if you're looking for Aceves to get a start
0: in week one or even week two, don't count on it. Troy Tulowitzki says he'll be ready for opening day. Ubaldo Jimenez, in related news, is appealing his five-game suspension. He is scheduled to start Saturday. Tyler Pasternicki is the Braves' starting shortstop. Kyle Farnsworth, let's talk about him now, is another closer bites the dust. And I guess is this why we say Al... <laughs> Don't go too heavy on closers in your drafts. That's a big reason why we say that, yep. All right, so what's the deal with Farnsworth? He has elbow
1: soreness, and he'll go to the DL. Right, Um, and really no clue how long that could be. Hopefully won't be long, uh, sort of like late last season when he was out, but not for for very long. Um, So uh, the saves in that situation, they're going to go probably mostly a Joel Peralta, but Fernando Rodney is in the mix as well.
0: Peralta's the guy you want, though.
1: Uh, of the two yeah and it's a situation where they're probably going to split them so it's really not great for anybody but
0: um you know if you got pick one pick Peralta Nationals first baseman slash outfielder Michael Morse will begin the year on the DL he could be back during fantasy week two Brett Cecil now he was the guy that I thought was like the worst player in baseball right now yeah <laughs> last year <laughs> you weren't okay. wrong to think that but. <laughs> he's out he's in triple a uh Joel Careno Sereno, I actually do not know how to pronounce his name, I apologize. He's in the Blue Jays rotation, as is Kyle Drabeck. What do you make of that? all right well first
1: of all you know i already joel careno that's how i'm going to pronounce it uh, is already my sworn enemy because he's preventing henderson alvarez from getting a week one start. <laughs> oh. uh, he's he's going to pitch Carreno's going to pitch on sunday um what do i make of it not much for either guy and especially drebeck um who you know we were all i think fairly high on a year ago and and certainly a lot of owners were very high on drebeck but he's got a, an awful lot to prove in terms of uh really showing some command uh, at the major league level, so um, and and Drabeck is really also a placeholder till Dustin McGowan's back. Now maybe, you know, with Cecil out, maybe that that buys Drabek more time. But I, I would not trust either of these
0: guys uh, outside of Ale only. Nationals closer Drew Storen hopes to return by mid-April. It's always. Tough to go off what the player says, but that's what he said. Uh, John Lannan, starting pitcher for the Nationals, sent to the minors. Now he's no longer a starting pitcher for the Nationals. <laughs> Not right now. Ross Detweiler, Nando, he is the Nationals' fifth starter. What do you think about him?
2: Um, you know, Detweiler, he's a former first-round pick of the Nationals in 07. In, in, in fact, I think he actually is, is – he's got the same position that Drew – I think Drew Storen was number six overall. I think Detweiler's number six overall just in different years. Um, it's two different paths, I guess. Detweiler – hasn't struck out a lot of people. You know, he's had up and down numbers in the minor leagues, uh, back and forth between reliever and starter. So, I, I mean, obviously, someone saw talent in him. You know, granted, it was five years ago, but he could be serviceable maybe in a, maybe in a Levon Hernandez, Shin Ming Wong kind of way. Um, I, I wouldn't expect a ton of strikeouts from him. And I don't know. We can actually see how he's going to be as a starter. I don't think he's going to come out of April with a, you know, 1.50 ERA, but. I think serviceable is a nice word to use, fantasy-wise.
1: Well, this is the organization that produced uh, Sharon Martise, who <laughs> got off to that great start. So maybe maybe he's the next Martise. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: Jason Marquis, he's returning to the Twins. His daughter was in a bicycle accident. She's going to be okay. And Marquis is back, but not for week one, right? Uh, that is correct and maybe for week 2 or we just don't know uh yet. no I think
1: probably for week 2 they just they slid um uh Liam Hendricks in earlier in the rotation uh for week 1 so I think it's just a matter of buying time for both Marquis and uh possibly Scott Baker who's on the DL also.
0: Tigers second baseman Brandon Inge he will start the year on the DL. He was expected to start against lefties, so that's not happening anymore. What does that mean for the second-base position in, in Detroit? Is that good news for Ryan Rayburn? What's going on?
2: I assume it's good news for Rayburn, uh, who can play second-base and outfield. Um, it's like the shifting game there, though. I mean, there, there are so many moving pieces now that, you know, if, if Rayburn goes to second, you got young Austin Jackson and Bosch in the outfield, uh, which opens up the DH slot for somebody. Maybe Avila will DH a little bit, and Laird will see more time behind the plate. I don't know how it's going to shake out, but uh you know, I, I think I think I'd wait and see how Leland kinda moves people
1: around. All right. Al, let's talk about your pitching planner.
0: Let's, what do you got for us today, Mr. Melchior?
1: All righty. Um, well, you know, having yeah gone through uh, all 92 starters now, uh, again, that doesn't leave a lot of room for, you know, much of anybody to sit on the bench or waivers uh, in week one, even in a, in a standard league. But there are a few guys who I think are, are under-owned or at least under-activated who, at least in this week, are, are pretty solid options. Uh, one would be Gavin Floyd. I think he may actually be the most under-activated pitcher right now. I think he's active in 30, 33 something like that. Um, but he's, he's a really solid option, uh, given the alternatives. Uh, Ari Dickey, Bud Norris, Mike Miner, and a guy that I mentioned on yesterday's show, Phil Hughes, who's had a success uh, against Tampa Bay, particularly at Tampa Bay in the past. Um, pretty nice start this week. Um, not active in, in very many leagues. And the one guy, it's hard to have, it's hard to no, know a week with such Few options uh, to be over owned or overactive, but one guy that I saw uh, that uh, caught my eye was um, uh, Chad Billingsley, who uh, is still uh, on a lot of active rosters, probably should be this week, but given how many rosters he 's on at this point in the season when people may you know still just be at, in defaults, um, you know I think maybe people still think of him as the high strikeout guy he was a couple years ago, and we may not see that version of Billingsley again, so uh, but generally people are going to be underrated this week, not not overrated. Anything else? Uh, yeah, uh, worth repeating um, just to, to finalize uh, the list of guys who will not be starting in week one. Uh, now, the Nationals made a little rotation tweak uh, in the past 24 hours, so we may have mentioned Jordan Zimmerman is somebody who we thought wasn't starting. He will start on Sunday. Jordan Zimmerman will start. Edwin Jackson will not. Uh, also, Cole Hamels, no start. C.J. Wilson, Anibal Sanchez, Yu Darvish, Brandon Beachy, Trevor Cahill, Sean Markham,
0: Ulysses Chassin. None of those guys have a week one start. Now, on Friday... Two days from today, we're going to talk about two start pitchers in week two will help you set your lineups on both Friday and on Monday morning. A little bit different than what we did last year when we had our Sunday night show. Nando, um, I didn't tell you this, but we're going to need at some point in today's show, a little bit later, your MLB season predictions. Your <laughs> division winners. Sure, no big deal. Your two wild cards <laughs> and, your, uh, and your World Series picks. So, let, me, let me get right on that. Yeah, Adam, you think about you. that. Yeah. Like, Al, you mentioned Gavin Floyd. What do you think about Gavin Floyd this year? And then I'll get Nando's opinion, too. Uh, he's a guy... That was up and down last year, but I feel like he could be a little bit of a sleeper. I think he's
1: a, a big one of the biggest sleepers this year. And, you know, last year's ERA was, I want to say, 4.37. It was definitely not impressive, but um, made a lot of improvement and his control didn't walk a lot of guys. Has always been a decent, if not a great, strikeout pitcher. You know, I, the, my biggest worry for Floyd, as it is for every White Sox pitcher this year, is wins. But I think in just about every other category, he's um, somebody who's going to help you more than he's going to hurt you. So, uh, yeah, and I think... Uh, I almost said Danks. Floyd, both of them actually pretty underrated this year. What well, about you, Nada? What do you think about him? I'm kind of wary
2: of him. Uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned Danks and Floyd because those are the two who who I never really have a good read on. I usually predict the opposite of what they're going to do. It's, uh, it's just one of those things like the dog chasing its tail constantly. Like, oh, Floyd's going to have a good year, and he doesn't. And he's going to have a bad year, and he has a great year. So... I, uh, you know, when those guys have a trend of doing that to me, I just
0: ignore them in all drafts. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. And I said he was up and down last year, but I think I was thinking of John Danks actually. Danks was the more inconsistent. Yeah, uh, yeah last year, you know, month to month, week to week. Yeah, so I apologize for that. Uh, my mind wandered. Anyway, um, so we, I'm got, not the only one who gets them confused then, because <laughs> they're the same guy. Let's be honest <laughs> here. Uh, Ryan Domit. We talked about him yesterday. Being hurt potentially by Chris Parmelee playing first base and um, more no DHing. But I got a tweet, and I said if anybody wants to get something mentioned on the show, feel free to tweet me at uh, Adam Azer, tweet, uh, tweet Al at Almelk CBS, Al MELC, at Nando CBS, N A N D O, and at CBS Scott White. Um, but for this show specifically, I'm probably the best one to tweet. Uh, he said Ryan Domit's going to play the outfield. He's still going to get DH spots, uh, spots at DH, or starts at DH, excuse me. Still catch a little bit. Won't be hurt as much as we made it out to be. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm still skeptical. Um, you know, and it probably I overstated
1: it, but I still think that his future isn't as rosy uh, as it looked a, a couple weeks back. And But it is interesting because a name that I almost dropped yesterday, but I thought, you know, it's not that much of an impact is it, Trevor Plouffe. But yeah, I mean, maybe some of the pain that I thought that was going to be experienced by Domit is going to be experienced by Plouffe or Ben Revere. Um, you know, they'll all take maybe a smaller hit than the one that uh, I thought that that Domit was going to take. But I still think Domit's the one who stands to lose the most. I
0: love Domit. I think he's going to be—he's Michael Cadyer, just different name. So you don't think he's going to be hurt by this uh, Morneau no DHing deal?
1: Well, obviously
2: he's going to be hurt a little bit by it, but. Um... You know, there's no guarantee that, that Parmley's going to be great. There's no guarantee that Morneau's going to be healthy, which I mean, which sucks. But let's be honest. I mean, he's who knows what he's coming back from. Um, I, I think you, you could put him in the outfield. You could put him in DH. You could put him at first. Uh, you could put him at catcher. Obviously, he, I think you know Gardenhire likes that kind of guy. He's proven with with Kedire, what he did the last few years. He could just plug in wherever and play him whatever he wants. So, I mean, he'll be hurt a little bit, but
0: I, I wouldn't take him completely off teams. Let's look at most added and most dropped now. Five of the most added players. Four of the most dropped players. Number two on the most added list, and Al, I'll let you pound your chest here. Starting pitcher for the A's, Bartolo Colon, who's now owned in 40... 40- <laughs> he did pound his he chest. Did. I, I am yeah, no, not sure that got to the microphone yeah, think or not. I <laughs> people probably picked it up. Uh, they were like, what the hell was that? Now <laughs> they know. Bartolo Colon, up 22%, owned in 43% of leagues. And I, in fact putting a claim for him this morning. Oh, wow. Good for you. I'm coming around. Good for you. And this is a good week for him. I don't know if I'll get him this week. I think it'll be for week two. But uh, regardless, it's not just about this week. It's not just about facing the Mariners. I'm, I'm optimistic about him going forward, Al. That's good. Well, you should. <laughs> I was probably slung him a little short just by talking about this week. And number three, Cubs starting pitcher Jeff Samarja. He's up to 39% ownership. Pretty much the same as Cologne. Who would you rather have, Nando?
2: I'd rather have Cologne. I don't. I don't trust Smarja yet. I, uh, you know, I know he's got the pedigree, and everyone was hyping him up when he came out of Notre Dame, and you know, oh, will he make the jump directly to the majors at the end of that year? And then he just kind of fell into the, you know, the the vague vacuum of
0: who knows where he is now. Uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, but I think Cologne's definitely the guy I'd want out of those two. Number five is Red Sox outfielder Cody Ross Nando. I know you talked about him in your recent column, talking about most added and most dropped. He is up to 25% ownership. Thoughts on Cody Ross?
2: Um, I, I think 25 is very low. I, I think I predicted that he was going to go up, maybe end up in the 70s by the time it's all said and done. He's going to play every day. Bobby Valentine basically said when he switches around McDonald and, uh, and Redick that he's, you know, Ross is going to be the guy who plays in the left or right in any of those given days. And then when Crawford comes back, Ross is just going to stay in the lineup. So, I mean, he's, he's not 40 home run Cody Ross, but he's, he's 20 home runs, some steals, and a nice average.
1: You're going to take a shot on someone right now. Parmalee or Ross? Cody Ross. Uh, I'm going to go Parmalee because I think he's got a much better chance to stay in the lineup uh, over the course of the season.
0: Smoke or, uh, smoke or the winner of the Parmalee-Ross debate? So for you, Smoke or Parmalee? Uh, smoke. I think we, talk, we did that yesterday. Smoke. smoke or Ross?
2: You know, I want to say Smoke, but you look at Cody Ross and he's hit like 25 home runs, 24 home runs. Uh, playing for the Dodgers and Marlins, which are not easy parks to hit a lot of home runs i 'm sorry the giants too yeah uh he he 's not had very friendly hitter parks, so who knows what we can do in Boston where you know that changes everything so i 'm going to lean just a little bit to okay
0: the number eight is Milwaukee third baseman matt Gammel. he 'll be eligible at first base soon enough he 's owned seventy five percent of leagues he 's on the most added list and good spring. Uh, good,
1: good spring from what I recall, but um, you know, really, really good minor league numbers that have just never translated to the major leagues. But um, you know, this could be the year. I'm, I'm hopeful. I drafted him in a, in a bunch of leagues, and I think he could be uh, mixed league relevant uh, sh- sooner than
0: later. And number nine is New York Yankees starting pitcher Phil Hughes, who Al mentioned, under activated right now and maybe a little underowned. owned. He's owning seventy two percent of leagues. He has had a good spring. Dominated those Marlins, Al, on Monday. Yeah,
1: I don't, yeah. Know, I don't well, know if
0: he dominated them, but he pitched. Almost well. <laughs> everybody did this spring, but that's okay. All right, let's look at the most drop list then. Number six is Arizona starting pitcher Josh Colmenter. He's down to thirty-seven percent ownership. Nando, how does that number sound to you? That sounds about right. I mean, I don't know.
2: I'm not. I'm not crazy about Colmenter. Thirty-seven percent
0: seems like where I would put him. I think. Roy Oswalt. So this is another guy you talked about in your column. He's number seven on the most drop list. He's down to twenty-seven percent ownership. You're a little higher on him than than the rest of the world. Well, I just think that uh, you know people are going to start shedding him when they need
2: to fill these other. You know, you got a guy on your bench spot who hasn't signed with the team yet. You know, you haven't heard any updates from or anything in a while. Um, I, I do think that eventually some team is going to need him. Like Boston offered him to come pitch, and he said, you know, I'd rather go to like St. Louis or somewhere like that. You know, maybe Houston. So it's basically up to him. He has suitors. He just doesn't have the right suitors yet. And I think eventually we're going to hit that, that little balance, that spot where, you know, time's running out. He wants to pitch, and the team's going
1: to need him, and someone will pick him up. What do you think about Oswald, well, well, I think, um, you know, when somebody picks him up, then, you know, he's going to be okay. But, I mean, still last year, he wasn't really... The same old Roy Oswald, He really wasn't striking anybody out, and I know that he had back problems, and, and uh, he's got plenty of time to heal. But um, I'm I'm a
0: little bit skeptical. Number eight on the most drop list is Dodgers pitcher Ted Lilly. Not know he's owning 55 percent of leagues. How do you feel about him compared to Josh Colemanter? Uh, I like Lilly. I'm a little I'm a little more a
2: fan of a Lilly than uh, than Colemanter. I think I think Lilly's got a very solid spot in that rotation. Whereas Cole Mentor's name, it's kind of been bandied about. You know, there are a couple guys in the minors who they could, you know, throw up and replace him with if he doesn't start well. I think Lilly's drop is more because, uh, you know, he's about to be DL'd, but he's not yet, and people are like, "God, oh, it's not worth it." You know, I can't stash him on my DL'd just yet, so mm. I will drop him for uh, Tyler Pastor, Nicky, if my shortstop position sucks.
0: <laughs> uh, Marlon's starting pitcher Carlos Zambrano further down on this list. Al four uh, percent decrease in ownership to fifty-seven percent now. Pretty much the same as Lilly. So compare the two.
1: Uh, yeah, I would trust Lily once he comes back much more than I would trust big Z. Um, you know, so big Z could, he has the higher upside, but, uh, you know, and he's had the, the higher velocity this spring, but, uh, still a volatile guy and
0: Lily is who he is. It is prediction time, Nando.
1: <laughs> I'm
2: trying. I gave you enough time. Look what I did. I, I tried to figure out every single team here,
0: and I'm missing a couple. Oh, you don't have to do that. You don't have to give the standings in every division. You just have to give your division winners. Right. Well, I'd have to know who's in the division <laughs> Oh, to pick yeah, my winners, man. <laughs> that's kind of true. Well, I'll tell you what. The, the AL Central is pretty easy. The NL West is pretty easy. And then the other ones, uh, that's according to Yeah, Scott. I was going to say, let's see. Yeah. You, know, you may Scott come up now, with the, the Royals and the Giants or something. <laughs> So who's well, going to who's going to win
2: the AL East? Uh, AL East, um, you know, I got to go with the Yankees.
0: Okay, who's going to win the NL the AL Central?
2: AL Central, um, I'm going to go
0: out on a limb here and say Detroit. Yeah, that's yeah. the easy one. Okay, the AL West. AL
2: West, uh, it's going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be the Angels, though. Ooh, that means two Angels. and two Rangers. Rangers. No, that's, oh, yeah, that's it, really makes, the tie. it makes the tie. Because
0: Al and I had the Rangers, right. Scott had the Angels. All right, now we need two wild cards from the American League. Texas and Toronto. Toron- okay, so you're high on Toronto. We both went with, with the Rays and the other AL West
2: team. I think this might be one of those years where you know the Rays, uh, their luck runs out a little bit. Um, not to say they won't do it again next year, but Toronto's team just looks so strong. Those bats, and if the pitching comes the right way, you know... I know you guys are making fun of Joel Carreno, but uh, <laughs> you look at his minor league numbers. I, are actually I make very, fun of Brett Cecil. They're kind of impressive, of man. Carreno's got some. He's got a lot of strikeouts and you know, strikeout per inning kind of guy and low ERA, whip. You know, if that breaks the right way,
0: you never know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Are you going to take a chance on him in fantasy in a deep league?
2: I think I will. Yeah. If, uh, American League only, I've already got a waiver claim in for him. Okay. So I'm very excited. He's, he's the Drew Smiley
0: of Toronto. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you like better? Uh, Drew Smiley still. Now let's go to the National League. NL East. Uh, NL East, uh, you know,
2: I'm going to say Washington. No
0: way. Yeah, dude. It's so funny because yesterday Scott and I, I don't know if Al opined on this, but we compared Washington to Toronto and said both teams are good, they're talented, but they're just not quite as good. As the other teams in the divisions, and when the injuries when the injuries come into play, they're not going to be as deep, and they're not going to be able to do it for 162 games. That's kind of the stance that uh, Scott and I took, and so we didn't buy into Toronto and Washington. But you've got Washington winning the division.
2: Yeah. Well, look, I mean, Philadelphia. If something goes wrong with Holiday and Lee, they are in trouble, man. That 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 rotation is, you know, it's not as as deep as a lot of people think it is, and you're depending on Vance Worley, a guy who came out of nowhere last year. Um, I yeah, kind their
0: holiday and Lee nothing. is wrong with them. How, oh yeah, nothing's ever nothing holiday. bad has ever happened to Holiday and holiday. Lee.
2: If you're saying nothing's ever happened, then obviously he's due. So, <laughs> you know, well they're pretty darn dependable. look. I, if it makes you feel better, I'll have Philadelphia winning the wild card for one of the wild cards for you. I, uh, I, I picked Atlanta to win
1: these. Who did you pick? Out? Uh, I picked Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Washington's rotation is a lot better than people give it credit for. A lot. Um, I, no, I just worry. It's the offense I worry about with Washington. I think the rotation is going to be sensational. Hey, man, Espinosa, Morris, they're, they're
2: two nice bats. Zimmerman. Zimmerman's very underrated.
0: Yeah, it's just a tough division, but okay. It's a tough division. We respect it. We respect it. Go, go to, the, to the NL Central.
2: <laughs> NL Central, I think Cincinnati. Um, even with all their pitching problems right now, uh, they're, just, they're a very complete-looking team. I like them. That's why. you two, right? I,
1: I took them to win the NL.
2: The whole yeah. thing, yeah. Okay, the three of that, us That could still rats. happen later on as we get deep. That's race. right. Who knows? <laughs> and in the NL West? Uh, NL West? Um, yeah, Arizona, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'm kind of torn. I mean, like, I think the Dodgers could be a nice little surprise team out of there, too.
0: I kind of feel the same way. I said, you knew you, I'll pick them to, uh, pick the Dodgers to finish second in the West. Yeah. But, yeah, I think they... They played well at the end of last year, didn't they? They played very well
1: at the end of last year, and uh, that was uh, without uh, ETH year at the very end. So, I look for a big year from ETH year. You know, Kemp is still there, obviously. Uh, you know, maybe Jerry Sands can come up and hit uh, this time. Actually, hit for a while last year too. So, you know, the, yeah.
0: Look, if D. Gordon's as good as we keep yeah, saying, that's right. Uh, okay, so your wild cards, Nando.
2: I'll, I'll give you Philadelphia. Okay, fine. I think they're going to be re-energized when Ryan Howard comes back. <laughs> um, and you know what? Uh, San Francisco. I hate to do it. I would like to make L.A. you know oh, my pick, but uh, San Francisco. I think has too much pitching.
0: Hey, none of us took the Dodgers in the playoffs before. Nah, not, know the three of us didn't yesterday. But they'll be close. I'm sorry, not the Dodgers. The uh, Giants. Oh, right. Uh, Why? Well, I, no, I didn't. Yeah, no, because we all had Milwaukee in there. But uh, yeah, I had uh, the Cardinals. Um, you had the Cardinals. Oh, you didn't have Milwaukee. I didn't have Milwaukee. Yeah, right, that's right. You had the Cardinals. I had Milwaukee. Scott had Milwaukee, I think winning the NL Central. And yeah, the Giants, they still have a very good rotation. You can't count them out. <laughs> and I'm in incur- I I think Brian Wilson guy is going to have a huge year. What do you think? I agree. Yeah, Nando. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Then let's read some emails. Oh, no, sorry, World Series. World oh, there's, series. oh, there's more. Yeah. Uh,
2: World Series Angels I want to say the Nationals just to piss you guys. No off. chance the Nationals <laughs> are
1: going to the World Series. Look, man. Look, you telling Strasburg me Strasburg World Series MVP?
0: Yeah, there you go. We will make some type of wager, and I, it will, I will give you right, some. But type it, of we odds. have to have incredibly tilted yes, odds. Yes, absolutely. On this one there is a lot no of chance think, the Nationals are going to the World Series. Are you sure about that, man? No Steven chance. Strasburg, United no, he won't one, even be man. pitching by the end we'll of the give year. Give him the
2: month of August off to rest his arm. That's how you. That's how you meet the 160 uh, innings pitched. No chance. Won't happen. No one says he's got to pitch 160
0: and stop. That's true, but you know he's going to miss a chunk of time. Maybe, maybe not. And we already know that Ross Detweiler is in their rotation, and he's going to be irrelevant in the playoffs. Hopefully, Edwin
2: Jackson, Gio Gonzalez. Come on, that's, well, that's, I mean that's a nice three. That's a, that's a good three that
1: I'd go with.
0: All right, I just don't see it. But
1: hey, all right, did we see St. Louis doing this last year? No, I did not. No, all right, I never see St. Louis winning it. And they always do. Well, they always do. <laughs> I mean, do. the White Sox. We see the White Sox doing
2: a few years ago. Houston making the World Series. Stuff like that. I mean, come on, guys.
0: Okay. okay. Got to believe. But, believe. Well, I really can't. I have no... I was going to say they come out of a weaker division, but the NL Central was pretty good. Uh, anyway... Now it's time for emails. Oh, who's <laughs> gonna win? National's gonna beat the Angels, or no? I think the Angels are gonna win. Okay, I think the Angels are gonna no. run down. You're not. You're plan. not that crazy. No, I'm not. Here <laughs> we go. First email is from Bart, who um, is in a 12-team AL-only league, and he is a pirate. And he says, "Ahoy, mateys! Arr. I be a regular listener to your podcast, and argh! Ye, bu- ye be buckos to the fantasy world, <laughs> Cap'n Bluebird, Bluebeard, excuse me, uh, be offering me David Ortiz for my swabby." Sergio Santos, my team be in the briny deep for power, but would be punting saves with the Sea Dog Ortiz. Be me addled to consider the offer, or should I do this handsomely? Fair wins. So he wants to know if he should trade Sergio Santos (laughs) for David Ortiz. He Uh, needs power, but he'd be punting saves.
1: He'd be plundering. (laughs) Yes, Al. Thank you.
0: No, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. Free for the
1: non pirates out there. (laughs) This is a
2: good deal. It's Um, ale only. I mean, that, that changes it for me, too. I, I think might as well punt save. I'm assuming this is five-by-five. Five, you're doing AL only, right?
0: You can punt saves in a five-by-five. Five. Okay, do it. From Sean, who is not a pirate. Dear the best damn <laughs> Read it like a pirate baseball anyway. podcast in this or any other universe, 14-team, five-by-five, Roto Auction Keeper League, where we can keep one player on our team for $5 more than we paid for him this year. Two-year max. I was offered a straight-up trade where I would be getting Jason Hayward for Steven Strasburg. Uh, What do you think about that? So let's see. I can keep Strasburg for one more season at 14 where Hayward would cost me 23 as a keeper.
1: I do not like this at all. Um, And I typically
0: would favor the hitter
1: over a pitcher. But, um, you know, these are both guys who could really be a lot better this year. But, you know, Strasburg, his ceiling to me is elite. Hayward, Possibly, but I'm just not as certain. And, and he costs more to boot. So so you'd rather have Strasburg. I'd much rather have Strasburg.
0: Should I drop a roll this Chapman this is a new email for Jonathan Sanchez or Jonathan Nice. Should I drop a roll this Chapman for Sanchez or Nice? 10-team head-to-head league with a premium for innings pitched and strikeouts. If this were
1: a 12-team league, I would hem and haul a little bit and maybe say, okay, for Neese, nice, 10-team league, no. Um, go for the upside. Go for Chapman. I know. Um,
2: yeah, I'd have to know for sure, like, Nice, I know, he's not a relief pitcher, and one of those sneaky moves you guys like to pull, right? Right. (laughs) Because if you have that, fine, you know, I'm I'm, I'm against it, but it's a sound strategy if you have one of those relievers to plug in there, which Chapman actually
0: could be. You got a a premium for innings pitched in Ks, Chapman's got that upside, like Al said. Mark in Beantown, who would you rather have, Ichiro or Carl Crawford? And do you think Grady Sizemore is worth an end game flyer? Thanks in advance for reading this. Unless you don't, then it's all Azer's fault. So who would you rather have, Nando Ichiro or Crawford?
2: That's a good question, but um, ah, that's that's even. That's a, that's a very even question. If, if Crawford wasn't injured, I think I'd say Crawford. Um, I think I'm still going to say Crawford. I, I just uh, I love love Ichiro, but I think Crawford's going to just uh, go go. You know, bring that bring that uh, that graph a little higher with his bounce back year than where he'd normally be. I think he's going to balance out
0: last year's badness with a lot of goodness this year. What Nando said. Okay. <laughs> okay. And do you think Grady Sizemore is worth an end game flyer? If you could dump him on the DL, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you he's have pretty this worthless spot, but if though, right? I mean, he doesn't I, steal bases.
1: I wouldn't go out of my way. I'll put it that way. Um, just you know, too much risk whenever he comes back. You know, he, he can't stay healthy. P.S.
0: Nando is an excellent addition to the team, and I think he'll rake on Friday's <laughs> softball game. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's actually Thursday's softball game, right? Tonight's softball game. Oh, what happened to the Thursday game? Uh, they haven't asked me to participate in that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were short. They just needed a body for tonight. Okay, I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, Steve Omania is next. I need some serious help in my outfield. I have Tori Hunter, Jason Kubel, Hunter Pence, and Martin Prado. I'm looking for some speed and batting average. Would it be smart to trade Brandon Phillips for Michael Bourne and Jason Kipnis? Hmm. Giving up Brandon Phillips getting Bourne and Kipnis. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a big, big gap
1: between Phillips and Kipnis, but in getting Bourne, you're getting, I think, at least fair value for Phillips straight up. So I like it.
2: Yeah, I agree with Al. That's, that's actually kind of nice. I, I mean, I don't think he needs serious help in his outfield. The premise is weird, but I think the trade is
0: very good. Let's see who's next here. Let's go with Seth in California. Prince Fielder and Ben Zobrist for Adrian Gonzalez and Matt Latos. Who? Which side do you like better, Fielder and Zobrist, or Adrian Gonzalez and Matt Latos?
1: I like the Fielder Zobrist side uh, because it's pretty close between Fielder and Agon's. Agon's a little better. But you're talking about uh, a close to elite second baseman uh, for you know a number two starting pitcher. Uh, I'll go the position player. But he
0: has Ackley (laughs) on his team to replace Zobrist, so it does appear he has a bit of a surplus at second base. Mm. You know, it's still it's it's a
1: work work the trade market here to your advantage because he's going to have surplus and then he can flip either Zobrist or Ackley. Uh, I just think that the fielder and Zust gives him better total value, and he can utilize that either on his roster or or through trade to improve uh,
0: his team overall here 's a question from John. This is actually about nando 's columns uh, <laughs> column here setting the trends quality ads to be had. He mentioned that Paul, Paul Goldschmidt is a potential future roster qual, uh, casualty, potential future roster casualty. What exactly does he mean by that? Well, that was basically just a way to say you know how he did the most
2: added. Yeah. um it's just one of those people who who I think their ownership is a little too high. The ownership starting is a little too high. I don't mean Goldschmidt's going to be terrible and lose his job. I just mean that I think you know his ownership percentage, whatever it is, might go down a bit when uh, when the season starts and he plays he, I guess he's whatever the opposite of a sleeper is overhyped uh, a little bit a little bit. I'm not saying
0: he's bad. I'm just saying the ownership
2: seemed a little high
0: okay, and last email here from Ken Love the podcast. Nando has been a really nice addition. Oh. Oh. We ha- See, yeah, I like emails like this. And the yeah. more we get like this, not the, not complimenting Nando, I'm talking about the actual, <laughs> you don't like those emails? The actual subject matter them. of the email. Look, let's say something nice about
2: Al, by the way. Al was up all night doing this pitching planner, so I think everyone should click on that immediately if you're listening
0: to this. Al, Nando, and Scott are doing a lot of work these days. They are getting here early for podcasts. They are staying here late for the... Live show, and they're doing all their columns too, and you guys need to be commended. You've done a great job. And Azar's
2: here at the crack of dawn. <laughs> I open
1: up the office. We're <laughs> like that old donut commercial. You know, the guy who gets up at the crack of dawn, got to make the donuts. Got to make the donuts. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: what we're doing. Anyway, I, if you guys have questions like this, like Ken's, send them our way because I want to talk more about um, not so much – pl- not emails necessarily always about players and who's better and who's not, but fantasy league problems like this. We have a very competitive 13-year-old head-to-head points keeper league. Keepers are valued on where they go in the draft or come up as minor leaguers. Minor leaguers that come on the scene or later round draft picks tend to be overvalued based on their future value for drafting. Um, it hasn't been uncommon for a big name prospect or out of nowhere free agent to go for top 10 value. Kemp for Harper and Helixson for Reyes/Kemp for Harper and Helixson for Reyes last year for instance. We have tried several attempts to curtail dump trades over the years, but every approach usually is left with a lot of debate. Trade voting was scrapped a couple years ago when voting evolved into revenge sour grapes voting or apathy non-voting. I know what you're thinking. We're a fun group, right? (laughs) (laughs) Without a salary cap, what is your best advice for limiting dump trading? What do you suppose he means by dump trading, like trading a great player at the end of the year for a prospect? Right, Yeah. Yeah. rebuilding,
1: basically. Um, and it's funny, because this reminds me very much of the league I've been in for, yes, 13 years, same amount of time. And you know how we dealt with uh, this problem? Salary cap. <laughs> so I can't really give him an answer because he says, without the salary cap, what else do you do? And, and that was the solution, and it, it, it helps somewhat. But, you know, I guess I just don't necessarily see it as a problem because I think – unless it's just where you just can't see any rationale for a trade and I've been in leagues where people really dump where they get nothing back in value not even you know perceived future value you know then that's I think where you have to either have voting or just a very strong commissioner to step in otherwise I think you know you just let the the league kind of police itself I made some trades like this where I went for young prospects and I had one guy in particular who you know got on the league message board and trashed me and (laughs) said you know know, what you're doing and uh, you know but within a couple of years the team was a lot better and then the strategy worked and you know you just work it out
2: yeah uh i think one way to get creative about it which is probably unlikely i mean if you're very competitive it sounds like you're probably 200 hundred dollar throw in maybe 250 throw in league make you know make the people pay for next year before they start doing the dump trades so you guarantee the team that's taking on the perceived crappy players you're gonna be i mean look kemp for harper isn't if you're talking about a keeper league where you know you're looking several years into the future, it may not turn out to be such a terrible trade. If you're trying to build up and you know get some salary for the auction, uh, it's tough uh, w- without the salary cap. Just I mean, let it happen. Look, last year I did a trade in one of my leagues um, that I took a ton of crap for from everyone in the league, and it was it's not even a keeper league. It was Adrian Gonzalez for Chase Utley and Ricky Romero. And, I, you know, I've been a fan of Romero. I thought he was going to have a breakout year. Utley, I knew he'd be back in June. It was just a knee injury, whatever. And Adrian Gonzalez, fine. But, you know, that's what I had to, to give up. My pitching staff was terrible, whatever. Everyone raised hell. I even bet, I bet a, a bottle of Johnny Walker green with one of the guys in the league that if you add up the points for, for my guys, for Utley and Romero, against the points for Aegon, I'd win. And, of course, at the end of the year, I won by several hundred points. And this is just, you just got to have faith that these trades
1: are, are on the level, and it's you know
2: you shouldn't have a keeper
1: league if you don't want these trades to be made. Yeah, and just one more thing on the flip side of it too, you know if you make enough trades like Kemp for Harper, because I, I would never make that trade, uh, and you know I think more than often they don't work out, and you get burned a couple of times,
0: you stop making those trades. Yeah, okay. Well, salary cap would be a good idea, so consider it, Ken. And thanks everybody for <laughs> sending in your emails. Keep them coming, fantasy baseball at CBSInteractive.com. Get those lineups set. We got baseball tonight. We're really looking forward to it. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you then.